I'm, I'm AJ Bianco, host of Reflect Ed, a part of the Education Podcast Network, just like the show you're listening to now. Shows on the network are individually owned and opinions expressed may not reflect others. Find other interesting education podcasts at edupodcastnetwork.com. It is that time, folks. It's the High Tech Podcast. You are joined by myself, Josh, one of the hosts that if you listen all the time, you're like, we know Josh. And then uh, I'm also joined by my co-host, the one, the only, the great, I'm adding oh, no. more adjectives, oh, the no. <laughs> illustrious Whoa. William Illingworth. What does that even mean? It's, uh, it means great things. Oh, why, thank you. Hello, yeah. everybody. Hey, we're here. We, we are here. I take podcast this week. Um, jumping in. Um, before we get started with our wonderful stuff this week, uh, just our normal little opening uh, thing that we need to remind you of, that we are on the digital spaces, the online places, and I rhymed <laughs> without <laughs> I even... I was waiting for a triplet. Without even nailed... trying. That was impressive. Yeah. Wow. Beautiful. Um, anyway, that's never going to happen again. Uh, at least, unless I remember those exact poetry. Yeah, that's <laughs> what I've been known for. Um, anyway, <laughs> uh, we are online. Hit us up at the High Tech Podcast on Twitter. That is the only social media we use because I don't know managing more than one. It's seems, a lot of work. <laughs> it seems hectic. That's an Instagram. What's that? And don't even no. Snapchat. I'm I don't. Out. I can. Yeah, I barely snap. Anyway, yeah. um. <laughs> so. So anyway, check us out there. Uh, like, subscribe. Uh, check out the posts that we uh, do on there. I think Will's going to be throwing out some stuff at some point about uh, guests. People oh, yeah. Jumping on. Yeah. Please yeah, reach as out. As we speak. Uh, honestly, if you're listening to this episode, it's probably a little late to reach out about that post <laughs> that he made because it's That's going fair. out soon. But you can still reach out to us and hit us up on there uh, to uh, come on the podcast if you have something you want to talk about. We love talking to people. You can also send us an animal picture, which I'll get to in a second, because I need to make sure I talk about the other way you can contact us, which is email. You know, that thing, it's still there, novelty. no matter what my wife says. Uh, you can hit us up at inbox at hightechpod.us. Uh, that is our email. Uh, we'd love for you to contact us, both either Twitter, there, both, same time, whatever. You feel great, uh, and uh, we'd love to talk to you. Um, but you can send us the animal picture that we're looking for this week, um, which is, hold on, let me look at my, my show notes. Oh, he's got those today. <laughs> this is, that's my show notes, folks. That's um, your attempt at like flipping through a binder? Yeah, like, what I'm are you doing? flipping through. Actually, it's a bag of peanut M&Ms, but it's basically <laughs> my show notes. Um. <laughs> so he wants a bag of M&Ms on a... Uh, M named animal like a <laughs> I don't know. Oh, ooh, got it. Mammoth eating M and M's. Okay, that's what I want. I want a picture of a mammoth. That sounds eating difficult. M and M's. Yeah, especially because they're dead. Um, but I'm sure those pictures. <laughs> me, me, wow. Meanwhile, someone's like, spoiler alert. Uh, I didn't know I, that yet. I, I didn't get know. to season three. Yeah. Uh. No. Yeah. They're gone. Surprise. Um, anyway, yeah, you can hit us up at the at email or at our Twitter. 
Uh, we also have a website, hightechpod.us. If you haven't checked it out, make sure to do it. We're always dropping uh, episode pages there with resources and information about the apps we talk about. Uh, plus, you get to see our pretty faces right on the intro of the website. You know, so, what was that? I think you said .us, right? Isn't that how you said it? Um, no, I'm sorry. You must must have heard something else. Will's hearing's going bad. Um, anyway, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, exactly. Uh, what you guys don't know is Will actually has one of those big like uh, what's the? I can't think of the word now. You know, like it looks like a I can't hear player, anything, like, but you're going. Oh, I don't. My gosh. You know what I mean? I don't. What do you call the things on the record players? Oh crap! Do they have words? Are they a, a, are they a, a, a something a phone a gramophone? I don't I don't know. You, you know what? Why don't you intro what we're going to be talking about? Why I Google that <laughs> while he Google's that? <laughs> uh, folks, we're pretty excited for this week. This is a non-traditional topic. It's not necessarily ed tech centric. Not all of our topics are, of course, but um, when it comes to movements in higher education, even even K-12, um, the maker space is a pretty novel idea. Now, when I say that, of course, there has been um, formal schools and tech schools and all sorts of things dealing with uh, activities that had students making something for a long time. However, the specific uh, genre of maker space that we see today is usually very engineer centric. There might be some computer science involved, um, and it's and it's kind of the, the DIY of um, having students learn to make something that suits a need or fits a need in their lives, right? So one of the early examples of kind of DIY made things that folks I've seen uh, would do it at, at, at home was like buying a Raspberry Pi, which is a modular computer. It's about the size of a wallet. And then using those Raspberry Pis to do home automation. Earliest one I can recall seeing, I mean, probably like five to six years ago for myself, was, you know, a DIY automated garden. The Raspberry Pi was the main computer for all the stuff that went on. And then there's tons of tests and probes and and like Rude Goldberg style machines built into the garden so that if it needed water, it would give it water. If it needed nutrients, it would give it nutrients, you know, really cool example. But this was all done at home, not like in a science lab, not with uh, purchased materials that did these things specifically. Right. It was it was someone buying these things and, and making it all into the end result. Um, frankly, another fun example of what the maker space is these days and how it's it's come to be and is even getting popularized is the TV show Making It. Um, hosted by um, Amy Poehler and Nick Offerman, two of my favorite comedians, favorite people. Yeah. But I you were about uh, while to say two of my favorite friends, it's like wait, somebody's been <laughs> yeah. holding out. Um, uh, you know, I'll invite you someday, buddy. <laughs> okay, so apparently that happens on Thursdays. I don't. Know. That's <laughs> exactly exactly. We podcast on Tuesdays. I hang out with Nick oh. and Amy on Thursdays. It's it's yeah, it's kind yeah, of clearly. A thing. See, they even he's see, he got short names for him. It's a thing. Nick and Amy, you know, it's like, yeah. Nate. I, mean, I pretty Amy much just call them Amy. They're the same person. Like yeah, it's just yeah, one and one of the same. Yeah, I ship them exactly. Anyway, uh, the the show that they do not very close <laughs> making it. Making it is about people who are quote unquote artists. I don't know why I said quote unquote. That's kind of quote mean. 
artists. They're no. artists. <laughs> they are DIY maker artists. So literally the one season, one of the guys that came on did all of his art, all of his making, his primary medium was um, tires, used tires, right? So making uh, can be artistic. It can be functional. It can be computer-based. It can be just materials-based. But making is a is a bigger movement right now. And I think one of the big philosophies that's coming um, that's that's supporting it is STEM, which is science, yeah. technology, engineering and mathematics. We're seeing a lot of that in K-12, and I think it's getting bigger and bigger um, in higher education as we it's, it's a cycle. If they need it in K-12, we have to start training them in higher education, right? It, it's how it builds and keeps going. So that's I've been introduced to it in a couple different ways, and I really think that it's a novel idea. But what happens in the classroom is that faculty will use this in one of two ways, uh, either as the curriculum itself, right? Hey, the course, we're going to be using this course to build things, engineer things, but we're going to make something. We might be making small computers. We might be making uh, I had a faculty member who did some making in one of his classes in one of his engineering classes um, at my last institution. And they literally built a robotic arm that could be controlled with uh, electrical impulses from the brain in a class. Minor stuff. Juniors. I do that on Thursdays. While I'm with Nick and Amy, (laughs) you're making robotic appendages. Yeah, I'm basically Dr. Octavius from Spider-Man. You're Riri Williams doing it in your garage. Yeah, exactly. Those are some um, deep wow, Marvel crazy. references, folks. Yeah, <laughs> I hope you got some of them, people. Some of you are listening. sorry, uh, uh, but anyway. that, I think that's the short and sweet. Like I'm, it, it's happening. Okay. I'm seeing it. It's becoming more and more popular. Um, the app slash community we're going to reference at the end of the episode will drive you to more resources and and people who are doing this and what they're um, trying to accomplish with it. But I just think it's really cool. Instead of just being like a tech school where you go to learn how to weld, or a traditional higher education institution where you learn computer science, right? It's this idea of like doing both, like let's make something, but also make it functional or let's, you know, it doesn't have to be sometimes making is just art or artistic, um, but it's a really cool movement. Um, I don't know. I don't think that I don't, I know your institution. I don't think there's a big push for it there, but what what are you talking about? Every, every other week, they're like, let's get a makerspace trying to make yeah. a car in the backfield and stuff that's like what that makes big bucks uh let's get yeah. the makerspace up and running. well that's why they need to start makerspaces yeah apparently um yeah no i mean like i'm i'm familiar with the idea you know this is one of those episodes where uh let's will's had this topic on for a while and uh i just probably since day one I've, <laughs> yeah i haven't brought it up because i'm i i just like i kind of know what a makerspace is but it's not really my area of expertise and right. uh, I haven't really experienced one. Um, and so I guess here, here'd be my question. Let's take this from the higher end perspective and let's just, yep. let's put aside the obvious answers, which are like, I'll get a wood shop. Um, let's put <laughs> the, like, I'm sorry. I'm just, I'm imagining like wood shop. Home ec. Home home ec, ec, in, you know? in, yeah. in, uh, in higher yeah. ed. Yeah. You know, which it doesn't bring good memories for me. I lit a stove on fire while making mac and cheese. Uh, I was not allowed to cook I, I, anymore. I, I, uh, I, what? So, yeah, well, it's a whole thing. There was a girl. I liked her. Oh. I was distracted. Mm-hmm. I let the oil mm-hmm. burn over onto the fire, which if you've never put oil on fire, it it lights on fire. And then... <laughs> <laughs> it was 
for no no it never does it was, that it was it was a whole it was a whole thing and uh and then in woodshop uh a guy cut his finger off so i don't have a lot of great experiences oh. with close equivalents of what we maybe call a maker space um you know in uh in k12 anyway but like if you were gonna dream up a world where maker spaces are common place in higher ed what would that like from your perspective what would that look like and how would we like how would we utilize them yeah in in higher ed it would definitely come from the stem side so it's going to be generally technology forwards um i think like some of the examples i've seen literally would be like if you enroll in a specific degree or something, you get kind of like a Raspberry Pi package. You get like a care okay. package when you get to the program and it comes yeah. with a couple of Raspberry Pis and different kinds of and sensors. An actual and, Raspberry Pi? I'm just and saying, then a delicious if, we're, if we're playing this up, I pie. expect the tech Raspberry fresh Pi baked. with a fresh baked Raspberry Pi. That would be amazing. Yeah. If anybody's thinking through this. It comes. It, you, you, you open it up and it's got the Raspberry Pi like company's logo on it. And you open the box and Steam comes out with just how a Raspberry has this not Pi. happened yet? Is Raspberry maybe it has? Well, if maybe. Raspberry Pi company, if you're not the not the food, if you're listening to this podcast, we'll make sure you remember to at mention them. <laughs> Please tell us if you've ever done this. I want to know if this has happened because if it hasn't, what is your marketing team doing? And right. why are they not doing it immediately? That's my Raspberry Pi. Have you ever met the Cards Against Humanity folks? Like, <laughs> literally, that's your that should be your life goals right there. Yes. Cards Against Humanity and Raspberry Pi should get together and do you know cards should do the the marketing for Raspberry Pi. Yeah, I love it. Yeah. Anyway, okay. sorry. So they get a they get a Raspberry Pi, the computer gift, right. not not the food, <laughs> unless somebody's feeling generous. Uh, <laughs> And, and, uh, and, and just other tech and like those are things yeah. that they're going to be using throughout the course and maybe um, maybe depending on the course and what they're trying to build right they they have to start with the Raspberry Pi which they were provided with but they have to then branch out and make something that's going to be specific to their interests whether that's agriculture right making an automated a self-contained garden um, that could be for, oh hey for me. The first thing I would try and build if I wanted to build something DIY with a Raspberry Pi um an automated mower right like i know they exist <laughs> but i would build yeah, one for my own out backyard there. that they're could just there. like cut my lawn for me right i feel like i feel like you just had the moment of the guy who like invented the like thought he invented the car like <laughs> a few years after <laughs> henry like, ford got the machine yeah, after henry ford is like guys i just got an idea what if we had something that ran on wheels by itself and the friend had to be like it's already it's already there buddy you can buy it i know fact checkers out there henry ford did not make the first car i'm just it was the it's the right reference okay just leave me alone it's fine yeah it's it's whatever Um, it was the Wright brothers right Uh, no but like if i went and bought one of those mowers right that's gonna be the right brothers you just you just heard that didn't you (laughs) if i wanted to buy one of those automated mowers it'd be five hundred dollars but like yeah. If I could get like one of those real mowers and like a little motor and a DIY Raspberry Pi, like I'm thinking materials, I'm talking 200 bucks there. You know, it's like it's not it's not the same if you buy one well, for 700 you bucks. You can yourself make it at home. Um, I guess. Well, and let me go back here for a second, because you we described Makerspace. I have my own perception of Makerspace. But like before we get much farther with my question, I guess here's here's another thing that we maybe we should do. Like if we could take remove 
the makerspace concept from just like STEM and technology True. and get, let's get, let's get philosophical for a second. Okay. Oh, I love or maybe it. Maybe a love little it. bit more reductionist. How could we just basic define, like what, what is the basic definition of a makerspace concept? Like to me, it's just, it's a, an environment that's left open for people to, you know, make things i mean right like the, the core yeah. like that's how we define yeah. it okay uh, so yeah. and and like i'll give you another example i mean hey mom getting a shout out i think for the first time on the podcast hope you're listening my mom has often been a maker in her experience she did this she did this little moment and i think she does them from time to time still where she does like these um art pieces that are made up of glass, right? So she'll buy, she'll go to like a Goodwill and buy two dozen pieces of glass, whether it's a glass bowl, a glass a plate, a glass cup, right? And then she puts them together with, I guess, super glue. I don't know. I've never asked her how she makes them, but she she puts them together into a sculpture. Raspberry jelly. Rasp. <laughs> <laughs> yep. That's, that's going to be a thing now. <laughs> But, uh, you know what I mean? Like, like she makes these little sculptures out of it and they stand up tall and you can put them in your backyard for like, you know, she's sold them as like, uh, bird baths and just like art installations. Right. So that is a maker thing. You're taking, you're taping, taking maybe existing materials, upcycling them, creating them into something new. And that is also a big part of like the maker mentality. I want to take what might already exist or build something that's that's pretty novel or pretty simple and give it new purpose or bigger purpose, right? Like the Raspberry Pi, that's just a little computer that's the size of a wallet. You could play video games on it. You could just use it as a computer. Or some people turn it into like a home security system. Like Raspberry Pi even sells like touchscreens and cameras, little mini cameras and stuff. You could make a ring ecosystem yeah. a ring like thing using raspberry pies so yeah, absolutely the idea being let's take one thing and make it into something bigger um yeah you know that can be an art purpose or even even in the sake of like um you know functional stuff like cars and things like making can take take effect in cars i mean the idea of people who do like tune tuning and stuff that make their cars faster stronger or whatever um you know you add things to the existing material to change it and make it more effective for yeah. your purpose absolutely so like okay with that concept in mind here's here's my here's my uh blue sky and dream idea okay yes roll with this okay if dream we could it. take this into higher ed um, which already exists. We're not like reinventing the wheel. Okay. We understand STEM. Like, let's be honest, like institutions are pretty serious about STEM. They've got yeah, some kind yeah. of makerspace concept already built in place um, in art programs. There is this exists to a certain extent in certain areas. Right. So like, I think those are the best places to fit it in, but I'm not every place does it necessarily this way. I'm sure there's somebody who does. And if you're listening to the podcast and you do um, shout out on twitter let us know uh that i'm not and just we'll making have you on up. to talk to you about it <laughs> yeah we'll have you on to talk about it um right now we don't have any way to talk about this so will and i have to pretend like we're experts so um <laughs> the, the, armchair um, experts baby yeah uh, armchair experts so um the concept like what i'm thinking though is like what would it look like to have okay let's say you build a maker space or you put a maker space in place you get resources you're putting stuff there or maybe it's package students get or whatever but it's a consistent curricular curricular idea 
per I probably year semester would be difficult probably to do this with, but like where you're in classes, but you're also expected to produce something out of the maker space mm. like yearly. Right. Like, and, and not right. necessarily that it's going to like go be used everywhere. Um, not even necessarily, it could even be, I think even ideally could be like low, low stakes where it's not like, okay, this has to be perfect for you to finish but it's really kind of this idea where you can take what you're learning in your classes so you connect it back to that to bring into the makerspace to kind of freely create something outside of just creating a project for an outcome in a course but like the outcome is simply just to play and explore with the skills that you're learning throughout each year right and that's actually a big philosophy element that i i hadn't thought to can you know include but but i'm glad you mentioned like makerspaces when it's STEM heavy seem like it's very objective oriented, like make a robotic arm. But a lot of it comes from a play, a philosophy of play, right? Like the faculty don't always say, and mine specifically that, that arm context, he doesn't say, I want you to build robotic arms or that the students even have to build a robotic, anything. The parameters on that assignment, if I recall, are that they had to use a raspberry Pi um, a haptic sensor and like an electrical sensor. They had to use three things and then it was up to them to imagine and create uh, yeah. whatever it was going to be. So like, that's a very playful nature. Oh, Ooh. he's Oop. got ideas something. are happening. Ideas of how this can branch out beyond hit me beyond with your STEM and art. Okay. We're going to get a little loose with how we're defining certain things, but work with me. Love could it. this, could you make, I'm not sure we can call it a maker space, but we'll, we'll loosely call it that for now. Cause I don't have another concept. Could you apply this idea in other fields? So like, let's take English for an example, right? Love like, it. could you create an environment? Okay. This is going to look different. Cause obviously what, what are you going to put in there? You're going to be like, here's some paper um, <laughs> you can, you can write with, but like the idea would be like, uh, you know, just simply a place that, those students working on, you know, let's say creative, you know, major creative writing or whatever. I, I'm going to be honest. That's not my field. So I'm less <laughs> expertise in that, what that Cre- actually looks creative like. Creative writing. Good choice. Yeah, sure. Um, and uh, but each year, right, they are basically like, hey, use these three concepts or these three, you know, elements of writing. Right. And I want you to by the end and with, you know, together in this room whatever you want to do you can bounce ideas off of other people that are in there you're required to be in this space so much throughout the year but i want to see you produce some kind of larger writing out of that right and again a lower stakes idea where it's like i'm just going to give you the elements of you need to include this this and this but then beyond Mm. that have fun like come up i want to i want you to needs to be a dragon writing yeah (laughs) specific things like that or or whatever uh, you know i mean I like that. And that that kind of play approach to learning is here are the components create something. Yeah. As opposed to I need you to reproduce this or I want you to make your own version of something that already exists like I, And actually, I, I did help a humanities professor with a similar practice. I mean, it's it's using this maker's philosophy, but it didn't have any kind of physical stuff to be created. That's kind of a big element of makerspaces. There's something physical. Yeah. um, You know, instead of the students necessarily just writing a paper about what they were studying, he had them make videos 
reproducing or creating novel examples of what they were learning about. Right. So it was, it was about creepy pasta. That's like yeah. internet, internet memes, you know, scary stories. And the goal was that they would either recreate one visually. So they had to read a, a written down creepypasta and create it physically or make their own creepypasta new and again, act it out and create, and they had to film it and do this, all the work there. So that's one of those things where you just like pick a creepypasta and go. Uh, they had to come up with the rest of the work and the ideas and the brainstorming. And, and it was very playful that way. But I like that, you know, the opportunities there to see that in higher education across the disciplines at that point, you know, that philosophy yeah. can be a part of almost anything. Well, I'm, I think I'm seeing the, the transferable idea is taking this idea of just like a space that students go to or encouraged to be a part of to create something, whether it's something physical, something written, something like something that ties into the larger picture of what they're doing in their program to just explore concepts they're learning from across courses like it doesn't have to be tied right. directly to some graded activity in a course it's just a required element of what they're doing um because yeah. at the end of the day i think that's kind of like makerspaces provides a space for that in the more practical like building places that we do stuff um but you could apply that kind of i'm always looking for well, transferable ways because i don't teach in that world so i'm right. always like I'm looking absolutely. at this from my perspective of somebody who's not teaching um, how that's... to build a car because that you wouldn't want me teaching you how to do that that's horrible not um, not even a tank no that, and that's yeah, well, the purpose I thought the Wright this... brothers invented it so i don't know what's going on you know <laughs> i think that's the purpose that we try and bring to this whole podcast right like to make these things transferable for other folks to consider it in regard regardless of your your subject matter expertise one of the other uh, big areas that i've heard of maker spaces being useful and again, kind of being the like upcycling approach to tech is um, getting together a engineering base, if you will, like a, a whole bunch of stuff to go into like low income or even I, the one the one project I was aware of. And it was again at my last institution went into like African countries and they would set up a makerspace and would literally be, you know, uh, shipping crates full of old cell phones, old um, webcams, and then tool, you know, a bunch of old tech, right? And tools. And the students then would get the chance to work on old iPhones and old Logitech cameras and, and reverse engineer them to figure out how they work and maybe try and make them into newer or better things, right? Like they would take, this was almost like a, an implant or, or a, I don't know a better word for it, right? But like they show up, make a maker space and, and let everybody in the community give it a shot and see if they couldn't yeah. learn something about hardware, about software that they didn't know before and and make something new. I mean, I just I really love that. It's cool. In in the educational context in classrooms, it's very um, play based. It's about imagination. It's about trying to solve a problem. That's really good. But in like a community space, it's about um, giving people transferable skills that they could use to get better jobs or change their lives or even just be more capable. You know, I'd love to be able to fix my own phone and not have to send it in every time something happened or buy a $300 screen because I cracked it the second day I bought it. You know, like I'm too yeah. scared to take my phone apart and put a new screen in. But these kind of folks who uh, have experience with these makerspaces will be like, oh, yeah, just give me a $20 screen. I got you. You know, like, OK, that'd be amazing. Yeah. Yeah, it's cool. It's a cool idea. Cool concept. I like it. 
Um, if uh, you are listening to the podcast, and you have more experience with makerspaces. We'd love to talk to you. So make sure to hit us up on Twitter or our email um, or smoke signal. Um, but that's probably <laughs> not going to get to us. I'm going to be, I'm going to be honest, unless you live in the East side of Lancaster areas, that's not really going to. Yeah. Yeah, so and, and if you'd let us, us know about the time of day so we could yeah, be sure to true. look for it. Because there's a lot of smoke signals in Lancaster City, so it's sometimes tough to tell who they're from. Well, you know, you if know? it's in the middle of the night, we're just not going to spot it. That's Well, that's yeah, I know. Thing, I know. I know, you know. It is Batman had a floodlight. You know, if they've got smoke yeah. signals, it's not going to be as easy. Ooh, a high-tech podcast light. It's just the two cartoon <laughs> versions of our faces. Like That's what everybody needs out. to see in the middle of the night in the city. His like, beard and, and my naked mole rat face. Yeah, exactly. And uh and that will strike fear into the criminals. Now we're superheroes. <laughs> <laughs> like that's, they're like, oh, I was gonna rob this car, but look at those guys. Ah! Like Well, and that's and what we need makerspaces for, so we can make batarangs and, yeah. and bat police. Exactly. And yeah. Bat whatever yeah, bat Batmobile. <laughs> this is this is this is why if Will was Batman. <laughs> If the gadget system would have stopped real short. It would have been like, <laughs> yeah. Hey, uh, what what kind of weapons you got, Bat? Um, I got I got batarangs. Um, and, and uh, I got a bat wheel. I got a bat wheel. Will that, will that help? What's, anyway. what's that? Is that is that like your yeah. Batmobile? No, no, no. It's a yeah. it's a bat unicycle. Yeah, yeah. And Will will be like, I lost, I lost steam. You know, I couldn't oh. keep inventing gadgets. Oh. Speaking of steam, so will, good. Speaking so of good. Steam, um, <laughs> not the video game platform, but uh, I hear that we also love that. We also like that. Uh, not a sponsor, but if they'd like to, <laughs> yes, please. Uh, <laughs> yes, Valve, please. Steam, Steam Deck. Anybody wants to be a sponsor? I don't, we'll... I don't know what's being sponsored by Valve would be like, but I'm assuming it's just like raining games. Like that's my <laughs> my perspective. Anyway, um, Steamhead. This is a, a makerspace, right? I hope. Right? Because it was yes, tied yes, to the yes. topic. Yeah, okay. This is our pseudo app for this episode. Yes, um, indeed. And uh, my transition is done, and now I'm handing it over to the person who actually knows what you, he's talking you about. You stuck the landing, my friend. <laughs> Steamhead.space is the website for the Steamhead Makerspace community. Um, their mission is to provide access to quality, relevant education focused on integrating design, technology, and community. Because when people have access to great spaces and resources, they make great things. Again, not a sponsor, but we... If that are... was a sponsored spot, we would have been on point. That's right, all right, saying. right. Every single uh, dollar would have been earned. That would have been, yeah, that would have been great. Uh, they are kind of kind of trademarked by four main elements, right? So Steamhead um, has a makerspace component. It, they have a specific Steamhead makerspace that's located in Shenzhen, China, but they make makerspaces. They help other people do it. Um, they do make fashion at EDU. This is a thing that they kind of do to support um, the integration of fashion and technology and um, being a part of the education experience. They do Neighborhood Earth and they do productions, Steamhead productions to kind of document and show what it is to, to make across the world. So it's a big movement. I, I want folks to become aware of this, not necessarily because it's an app, but because they do support um, education directly. They have resources for educators. They are kind of designed and, and directed towards K-12, but I bet you if you reached out, they would have great ideas. Now, they have some imagery of what makerspaces look like. They have kind of um, some best 
best practice lists of things you might want to have if you're going to start making. Right. And like, ironically, some of it's just like a sewing machine or hair dryers. Right. These are tools that I wouldn't necessarily go and, and think, oh, my God, I need a I need a hair dryer to do my makerspace. But um, they really have a lot of awesome information. Yeah, they, well, they have like a whole list of like uh, loose equipment that you should have. Right. Uh, and uh, anyway, I can really get things list. going. While he's talking. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> exactly. Um, they do maker events. They really just try and create a space for it. So it's not like the the number one. It's not like they're the perfect community or space, but they, they're on Discord. Um, they are kind of an international approach. They do have more than one location. They try to you know, be the hip and relevant community that can help um, educators like you to become makers, to help your students become makers. So, you know, it's not like a big sell here. I don't even think that there's a lot of costs that I'm seeing across the product, uh, across the website. They do have like a shop so you can try and buy things. Maybe they sell like um, some swag, but also like maybe some projects like how to do something like here's a DIY kit what you would need to create something like this, right? So it's it's helping you get the idea for what it would be to do some of these low um, low requirements, low requirements yeah. for um, a making experience. So, and of course, if you get connected with their community, start on their Instagram, I suspect you're going to find so many more. You know, this isn't something that Josh and I are experts in. I'm not even an expert in it. But this is where, like, I've had some faculty uh kind of connect with this and point this in my direction. They have a newsletter. Like there's so much that you could get involved with here and just get access to a community you didn't previously uh, participate in. Yeah, it's a cool, it's a cool site. I think a good, I think the point here is that this would be a good place. If you're looking to like start doing a makerspace of some sort, get ideas, get clues to maybe what you should include uh, and like Will did say, they do have like a shop that they sell some stuff on that, that looks like makerspace type supplies that you'd be able to get through them. Um, and just uh, connecting through their uh, social media through on the site. And it looks like they can, you can connect through their Discord situation through the site as well. So the site's just kind of like a, this is why we call it a pseudo app because it's not really like an app app as we traditionally talk about it. Um, but it's a website that you can use as a resource as you're working through how to do a makerspace. Um, yep. if you start one for tanks, let Will and I know, and, uh, <laughs> we'll figure that out. <laughs> I ironically am going to like pivot this a moderate amount towards a few others as well, because I want this to be a resource for folks to get into making. This is one of the first ones that I connected with, but, uh, I'm even seeing in the Steamhead community, some points to others like make.co. Another one is makered.org. So these are other existing maker communities. And I love that almost the, all three of these are, are starting with the language, not like, hey, here's the thing we're trying to sell or here's how you become a maker. It's like, here's our community and our movement. Here's how to join us. Uh, so definitely check out these existing maker spaces and the resources that, uh, that exist to help you take the first step. If you want to get into making, you know, start Googling things like automated garden and, and, um, at home server setup, or, Hey, I'm personally not a big fan of ring and certain companies like that because of their privacy and security practices. Um, I won't go too far into that, but you can make that kind of stuff at home and keep all of your, uh, camera footage 
on your own home server, right? And maker spaces, maker communities are at the at the kind of core of that work. Um, Josh and I are big proponents of and users of the Wise product and the Wise company. Uh, if you go on the Wise product forums, you see you see makers, right? These are people who are like, "Oh, I bought my Wise camera, and here's how I hacked it so it doesn't, you know, send my footage off my property, and I, it sends my footage to my server in my basement, right?" Like these are the folks who are figuring that stuff out at a technical level, and you can find them, of course, through something like Steamhead, but anywhere they're on Reddit, they're on Wise community forums, they're. They're just about anywhere we can they're in look your basement. You know, they're all over the place. <laughs> Studying your habits, watching. Yeah. What you, eat. you know, they, they are everywhere. I was scared of that one space in your basement, Josh. Now, now I think I know what's down there. That makes sense. Yeah, exactly. Right under the porch. There's a maker space. Fine. <laughs> <laughs> some of them, you know, some of these maker spaces, of course, do, like I said, lean more into the art and whatever. And so uh, even one of the first pictures on Steamhead is a very artistic piece that's been made. You know, some of that takes welding experience. Some of it uses 3D printers. Um, there's a lot of, you know, physical technology that gets involved that's not necessarily computer based. You don't necessarily need yeah. to be a computer science major um, to start making. Like, I think that there's a lot of things you can use, uh, even, even like rain catches, right? I've, I've always seen rain catches around, like people just put a barrel at the end of their gutter or stuff like that. But like, that's not, that's just one gutter and maybe the rest of your house's gutters don't reach that one barrel. So I've seen people get into the makerspace where they like connect all of their gutters so that it all goes into one barrel or uh, a series of them that, that goes to different barrels, but then they put in like raspberry pies to monitor the water level. So you get an alert when it's full and you start using the water so it doesn't get wasted. Like there's, there's so many layers. So that what I'm, I'm hearing new, new hot take. Okay. Maker spaces are just proto zombie apocalypse societies. Okay. They're, just, <laughs> they're, like, they're, just, they're, they're not there yet, but once yes. the world falls, they, yeah, will, they are the people they will have fences around their society and they will be surviving on their own. Um, yep, yep. They're yeah. going to have like 30 computers and three survivors, but yes, the 30 exactly. computers will be keeping them alive. Yes. And they will be both using raspberry Pi computers and making raspberry pies somewhere on the <laughs> site. <laughs> They'll made a, a, an automated mill to grind flour to make baked goods. Mm. That's yep. the dream. That's the dream. <laughs> well, I think I think I've made my point, right? That's a pretty yes. bad joke, but it was it um, was it was good. It was simple. I liked it. Thank you folks for joining us on this one. You know, we hope that you just get connected with these communities, send us questions. We want to take this further. This doesn't have to be the last conversation on making. Next episode, episode 79, we are going to dig into the beginning of what ah! will be a long form series called the roastery. We are That's so right. excited. Bring your coffee beans. We're going to start roasting them. No, that's not the goal. We, uh, um, Josh... now I'm sad. Oh, my bad. You can come <laughs> over to my place. I'll make some coffee. I misinterpreted I'll, I'll this concept. <laughs> I, 
<laughs> Jess is like, this is what I signed up for. Uh, the roastery. We are going to start roasting things. We, Josh and I usually have kept this pretty positive. Yeah. We're still going to keep it positive we, altogether. We are going to be positive most of the time. I feel like, though, we've been overly nice. We're but like, sometimes. it's like, does Will and Josh, do they not like, do they, do they like everything? But sometimes the answer is no. Bring a little criticism, you know? Yeah. Sometimes you just need we're trying to make the world better through cut people down so that they can keep their egos in check. I mean, what, yeah. what, what did I say? <laughs> what now? Huh? Yeah. So our first episode of the roastery series, which is not going to be like episode to episode. It's just going to be pop-ups here and there. We'll give you some roasts. Uh, it's going to be large LMSs taking on large LMSs, some of their problems, some of the things that they could do better and bring you the app screencast-o-matic to help you create anything visual pictures and or uh recordings that could be helpful in your classroom for you and your students um that's it we're looking forward to that next episode yep. until then make sure to find us on twitter at high tech podcast make sure to email us at inbox at high and make sure to go to our website high us thought that that joke was done no it's not thank you again as always for joining us for another week of the high tech podcast where we make things up but also try to make the best of them uh we hope that you enjoy this effort to harness technologies in the classroom whether they're online or in the physical sense of maker spaces until next time folks see ya see ya